there's something about our immune systems that is heavily supported and basically healed by what grows naturally in the environment that we live in. The plants in your own backyard are going to be far more healing to you than if you get a dandelion that they grew even 100 miles away or if you order herbs online or if you go to an herb store where they probably order the herbs from somewhere far away, right? The community not only needs access to healing food, the community itself needs healing. And so it's the food itself, you know, like putting the nutritious things in our body, but it's all the other things that go on before and after that that are also healing. The tending to the earth, the, the planting, the watering, the, the, the nurturing of the plants, the, the weeding, all of that um, labor is healing. This is We Form the Future, a podcast and radio show that is meant to empower Black voices and our community. I'm your host, and my name is Jasmine. I'm a multidisciplinary artist, creative writer, and public speaker from the Twin Cities of Minnesota. I'm also a believer in the idea that the future is up to us. I believe that we can form the future to support and benefit us for generations to come. And I'm excited, so excited to share with you the inspiring stories and revolutionary ideas in this podcast. Each week on We Form the Future, a different individual or organization will bring us varying perspectives on the Black experience and explore novel approaches to life, art, existing social structures, and new ways to form a better future. We Form the Future is created by WFNU Frogtown Community Radio and funded by the Transformative Black-Led Futures Fund, whose goal is to support those who are responding to the political and cultural opportunity to defund the police and begin the transition process toward developing and implementing a shared vision of community-led safety and investment. We Form the Future is aired on WFNU LP 94.1 FM Frogtown Community Radio in St. Paul every Saturday at 1 p.m. You can learn more about this program by visiting weformthefuture.com. What's up? It's your girl Jasmine, and we're back with another episode on We Form the Future. On this week's episode, we have educator and chef Lachelle Cunningham bringing us a little bit of Frogtown Farm, an urban farm in St. Paul known for getting Black youth back to ancestral roots of farming and gardening. Yes, Lachelle will have you in your health-conscious bag, as her globally inspired comfort foods are known to shift the narrative that tasty food means unhealthy food. Lachelle launched Shell Kitchen in 2012, where she began her culinary career, which led her to Breaking Bread Cafe over north, which is so good, where she was executive chef and became prominent in her community for her creativity and social justice work. In 2018, Chef Lachelle started the Healthy Root Institute with a mission to heal and ensue social justice through food education, culinary arts, and entrepreneurship. Everything from cooking workshops, retreats, and food business classes can be found through Lachelle's Healthy Root Institute. But you can find Lachelle also giving tours at Frogtown Farm. And yes, she'll maybe even put you on to what herbs you can grow in your backyard to combat illnesses because... COVID-19 is still a thing, (laughs) and it's high vibrations and good health all 2021. Thanks for tuning in another week, and stay tuned for this powerful story. 
All right, Lachelle Cunningham here. I'm a local chef in the Twin Cities. So I have a business called the Healthy Roots Institute where I focus on healing through the love of food, the art of food, and the business of food. I do that through cooking workshops and retreats, culinary education, as well as food business education, coaching, and consulting. I do that um, within my business as well as in collaboration and partnership with other organizations. Um, I teach through the Neighborhood Development Center food business classes, and then I also am a culinary arts instructor and the program manager at the Good Acre where we have a vocational culinary training program that I'm building in addition to the Healthy Roots Institute and the work I do at the Good Acre and with uh, the Neighborhood Development Center as well as here at Frogtown Farm. I also have a catering business called Shell's Kitchen. We were actually dormant during the pandemic and we just relaunched the catering arm. So here we are in Frogtown Farm, uh, right here in the middle of St. Paul, Minnesota, off of Minnehaha and Victoria. It's kind of cut off into the, kind of off into the cut, so you kind of got to drive up into the space. Um, but, you know, the whole farm itself, I think, is about 10, 11 acres. And then there's about five acres of actual um, growing space where, where there's um, agriculture going on. The founders, Seitu Jones and So and his wife Soyini, they um, found you know are the founders, and uh, I've known Seitu. Well, Seitu has known me my whole life. Um, he grew up with my dad, and um, then I later started running into him because I was in the food world, and he did this um, big dinner, the big. Uh, community meal there's a half a mile right in Frogtown, right on victoria um and i was a part of that event i was the sous chef to chef baker in that event and the so that's and then Seitu is also a culinarian he went to culinary school and is really into this actually he showed us how to make pizza and brought the dough and all that stuff and so um but anyway so he invited uh, me to be a part of this because we had worked together in that capacity before. Plus I've catered for him and done events and he's always been wanting and expressing that he wants to work with me in some capacity. And so, uh, at the end of last year, you know, when they were really figuring out what, how they're going to move forward after the pandemic, I mean, the pandemic was still happening, but, you know, how the farm is going to move forward within and throughout and getting past the pandemic you know, because they stopped their um, farm production during that time. And so looking at how they want to, you know, move forward and relaunch the farm uh, production and also build out programming and have more community impact, more connection with the community and really um, and really just bring, you know, heighten that, you know, that aspect. It just happened. They contacted me because um, they might have heard about me from time to time. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, they just invited me to come and build the program ultimately. So my organization is called Healthy Roots Institute. I have a catering business also called Shell's Kitchen. And so Healthy Roots Institute is really um, what I'm bringing to the farm. And so what we're calling it is Healthy Roots at Frogtown Farm. Okay, so which is kind of a cool play on words, right? Healthy roots or farming, right? But there's another aspect um, because I focus a lot on nutritional healing, on um, foraging, cooking from um, and understanding and connecting to the earth and the land and understanding that plants and food is medicine. 
And so bringing that healing and, and health aspect in is what is another big important piece to, to what Frogtown wants to be um, bringing to the community and bringing all of this, you know, bounty of, of produce and healing foods, you know, being able to back up that message with um, increasing and like expanding the impact that the farm can have on feeding people and bringing people together, you know, around food. There's, there's three plots, uh, plot one, two, and then three over there. And then in between two and three is the kitchen garden where these structures are here um, with the pizza oven and where we ultimately want to build the kitchen, uh, the outdoor kitchen and, and the garden space that we've been tending to. So as you can see, there's a nice little court here with picnic tables in the middle, lots of... Um, wild plants growing around as well as uh, in addition to you know all of the vegetables and berries that are being grown by the farm there's fruit trees um, with apples and cherries and plums and things all scattered around um, and just tons of, of great lush you know plants <laughs> foliage so fortunate to have gotten some rain lately so like the plants are looking a lot better they were looking a little <laughs> drab there but um so I came on to the farm earlier this year um in wanting to build programming here in this space so um we have these kind of structures that are here there's a pizza oven over there so the thought is to build some sort of kitchen um further than what it is now which is just the pizza oven um, and so I have a vision around what I want to build, which is really an outdoor kitchen, but there's a lot of, you know, legwork that has to go into figuring all that out. So I decided that I really wanted to, you know, that part of it was also building out this, uh, what we call the kitchen garden and this space. So on the farm, there's, uh, basically kind of three, uh, lots or plots that, um, we have one, two, and three where um, they're growing. And then this space in, which is technically the third space, but um, is really just kind of been sitting here. And there was some activity here. They, they had some beds here and things like that probably a few years ago, but kind of been sitting dormant. And so now they want to revive this space and really create some programming around creating cooking classes um, that teach around about healthy eating, healthy cooking, um, sustainability, connecting to the farm and the community. Um, and so I see this really as a community garden. Um, and so what I'm building here isn't necessarily going to be part of the, you know, farm uh, crops that come out. But what we have here is stuff that we can utilize in classes and that um, hopefully we can feel as many people as possible. We planted some plants, some vegetable plants, but around that is me trying to settle in the space and really understand like what's here. And um, and so what I've identified is several different medicinal plants that are, were already in the space that I left in place and then we kind of weeded and planted around them. So some of the medicinal herbs, this one is my favorite, it's Ella Campaign, which is a huge um, uh, one for respiratory, uh, it's a respiratory tonic, basically. You use the root, um, but it's a beautiful plant. We've got mullen over there, which is also a respiratory aid as well. There's mullen over here. We've got several of them all around. There's cat, cat mint here, which is 
um, kind of related to catnip, but it's also a mint family. Um, we've got tons of yellow dock around, which is actually a laxative and detoxifying. There's a strawberry bed over there um, with the rocks around it. And then um, what motherwort is over here. So that's the stuff that was, you know, and then we've had fruit trees. So there's cherry trees, plum trees, pear trees growing in the space. There's asparagus over here that, that that's outgrown asparagus um, and some other berry bushes over here. So tons of stuff that was already kind of naturally or I'm sure some of it was planted at some point in the space over here. There's a ton of herbs. There's oregano and chives and lovage, which has a really strong celery flavor. Um, and then what we built over here is this herb spiral actually Luke and Keanu Keanu's over there he's the farm assistant and they built this herb spiral beautiful structure um a spiral that we're gonna plant herbs in and they'll kind of flow around in there these are just bricks they were actually in the garden so we dug them up they were paving the garden so we dug them up and then they literally just they um kind of got the ground ready laid down some cardboard and then wet it and then they built the spiral on top of it and then put the dirt down the compost down and ultimately um when we grow out of this you know the point is to eliminate like extra weeds and to really let the the uh, herbs flourish in this kind of design here there's a lot of herbs already on the farm um growing wild here chives and oregano and um so what i'm thinking is like dill parsley basil um and things that we can't that we might not have over there we're also thinking about what is um indigenous what are indigenous herbs and and really thinking about you know connecting to um what's naturally a part of the landscape so there's a little bit more research i want to do there before we put the final herbs in now it's a little later in the season but herbs grow pretty fast and and flourish pretty well so i'm not too worried but we got to get that done we're putting in a, a bed, a raised bed over here. There's already some amaranth growing in there. So I made them keep the amaranth and put the bed around the amaranth. So amaranth is a grain, technically. Um, it's used in a lot of things, cereals. It's really high in nutrients, vitamins. It's got healing medicinal properties. Um, and then we plant it. So we've got tomatoes, uh, peppers. We've got some cucumbers greens, collard greens, cabbage, watermelon, some squash over there. We got marigolds and flowers that we planted. I'm working on a three sisters garden. We planted the squash. We kind of got beat up by the sun. Three sisters is a um, indigenous kind of uh, cultivation uh, growing practice where you grow crops in a harmonious way. So the three sisters are uh, squash, beans, and corn. And the way they grow together is harmonious because the corn grows up in a stock, the beans vine around the corn, and then the uh, squash leaves provide like the foliage on the bottom to protect the soil. And then what they produce when they grow is lots of nutrients, um, uh, nitrogen, and phosphorus that goes back into the um, soil. Okay, so they're, they're, they help to um, add to the, the ecosystem of the landscape and ultimately, you know, the soil health. 
but yeah, so, and there's lots of weeds, dandelions, and other things growing here. All over the farm, there's other wild herbs, yarrow, and there were nettles growing, and these are all herbs that I eat, burdock. These are all herbs and um, really things that people consider weeds, but, you know, us herbalists feel like weeds are just plants that people haven't discovered their true virtue yet, mm-hmm. so, um, and so there, a lot of them are have a lot of great healing and nutritional um, and medicinal properties, and so that's what I like to explore, you know, being on the farm. And um, and so I tried to keep as much of that in the garden that was naturally there and kind of plant around it. Even if it was smack in the middle of the garden, <laughs> I left it there. Um, so, yeah, these are yarrow right here, flowers. And that's like a antiseptic and it um, stops bleeding. If you have a cut and you're out and you get cut or something, you can literally put the leaves in the cut. Y-A-R-R-O-W. Um, and has a lot of other medicinal properties too. This is the hoop house here, which is where they, you know, um, it's a covering so that you can extend your growing season, start plant, you know, start seedlings earlier. And then, um, you know, that extends the growing season here in Minnesota where we don't have a long growing season, right? So, and I'm not a farmer, so <laughs> all the particulars about how the farm functions is where I'm in learning mode, in big time learning mode. And mostly I'm just um, focusing on the kitchen garden. So what I'm planning to do there is, you know, we're just continuing to tend to the garden, build it out, um, weed it and manicure it and just continue to, um, you know, nurture it. And then as that's happening, I've got a few different um, events, activities that we're going to do over the next few months here between the end of this month and October. Uh, So we'll do some monthly kitchen events. We're starting with a pizza event at the end of the month on the 31st, July July 31st. So there'll be more information coming out. If you watch the Frogtown Farm Facebook and Instagram, um, you'll get more information about when those events are and how you can register. So we'll be making the dough. Um, and then we'll be cooking, you know, firing up the oven and cooking the pizzas here. We'll be, you know, we'll get some local cheese. We'll make our dough from local ingredients. And then we will, um, you know, we may get some toppings like, you know, I love olives on my pizza and things like that. So I might grab a couple things like that, that are, um, and hopefully local, right. And then, um, from one of the, you know, farmer's market or from the local co-ops, and then get cheese, right, local cheese, and then we're going to harvest toppings from the garden. So yeah, and so we're gonna harvest, you know, some herbs and toppings to put on the pizzas, make the pizzas here, and it'll be kind of rustic because we don't have a full kitchen set up yet. The end, the end goal is to build long-term programming, um, but now I'm just getting into the space and kind of just feeling the space and getting into the garden and like connecting with the land. And then once, and then, you know, just kind of running some programs to just kind of get a feel for how we can do things logistically and also make a connection with the community. And in that, the long-term plan is that we would build a program where we would bring in different chefs. So we want to have a chef residence program where I would invite other chefs to come in maybe for a few months at a time and do some classes 
um, in the space. And then the other long term is to actually build out the kitchen space here, which is another matter of figuring out the zoning for how you put a commercial kitchen. Well, it's not a commercial kitchen, but we'd be feeding people out of the kitchen. So it would have to have some commercial capacity to be safe for food preparation. Um, but I want it to be as rustic as outdoor and outdoor as possible. So I want to do like a wood, a brick, um, wood fire kind of hearth burning stove type of thing. And some, um, rocket stoves that are made out of, um, they're these little stoves that are, you can make them out of different things, but I want them to be made out of brick. And then they're kind of like little burners. You light it at the bottom and then the flame comes up the top and you can cook things on top like a pan with a pan. And then I want to do, um, uh, a fire pit, and potentially like an underground, you know, cook like underground cooking um, pit. I mean, that's my that's my dream. My mom always had this home remedies book when I was little, and so you know, whenever I had anything from a cough to a pimple to a whatever scrape bug bite, I would go to that book and always found remedies that were effective and had way less side effects and kind of chemical reactions than, you know, going to the pharmacy necessarily. So like, what's the natural pharmacy, right? So I've always been inclined to that and then and becoming a chef, you know, um, and really getting into food and getting into social justice and realizing in that social justice and in that food justice, and we're talking about access to food, but like, you know, the justice of the community and everyone in the community having equal access to food is one thing, but like, what is the quality of the food? Because the quality of the food is going to indicate the quality of the life that we can have. And so the more that you realize that, right, the more that we um, realize we need that. (laughs) The community not only needs access to healing food, the community itself needs healing. And so it's the food itself, you know, like putting the nutritious things in our body, but it's all the other things that go on before and after that, that are also healing. The tending to the earth, the the planting, the watering, the, the, the nurturing of the plants, the, the weeding, all of that, um, labor is healing. Right. And so now it may sometimes be hard. It's hot out here. Sometimes we're on our hands and knees, but it's always fulfilling, you know, it's always like you feel like you accomplished something after you can stand back and look and be like, look, oh, this was a hot mess before we got here. Now it's coming to, you know, um, to be something that we can really flourish, that can flourish and that we can flourish in. So really, you know, the big point for me is just like connecting that aspect of foods is healing and the healing that we need on like a mental, a physical and emotional level can all come in this labor but not just that, but like the connection that we make with each other and doing the labor together and in the in the growing together and or all of the tending to the plants. Right. And then also when we harvest and when we go to prepare the food and cook it together. Right. And everybody knows that 
you know, if you grow food and then you go cook it, like the, the feeling is just a way different feeling than going to the grocery store and buying something. And you don't really, you know, if you go to the co-op or if you go to the farmer's market, you could feel good about, and you should feel good about supporting local agriculture and all of that. But when you can actually grow your own pepper and cut it up and eat it, there's like just this whole other fulfilling, it's almost like being a parent, you know, like it's one of those things that until you do it, you really don't understand like the satisfaction that you get from it. And, you know, you're eating it and now you're like, it's a part of you forever. You know what I mean? And that's the beauty of food. Like that's, that's what I love about cooking. That's really what drew me to becoming a chef was the fact that there's an art to it, right? This is my art. I'm creating something, but what I create doesn't just like sit on a wall. The person consumes it. And then not only do they take it with them, it nourishes their body, hopefully. And then um, it's a memory that gets created and it's a connection that gets created. And it's just something like way deeper on like this metaphysical level. You know what I'm saying? That that happens um, when you eat good food, you know, and especially when you eat food that's healing. You know, a lot of times I make a lot of healing recipes and people come to me for that purpose And, you know, I get the after story of how effective it was. And usually a lot of the effectiveness is getting things out of people. (laughs) And so I know that's funny. I'm trying to say this in like the most, you know, funny, but trying to not make it weird way. But (laughs) it is the fact that, you know, a lot of times people just need to flush things out of their bodies. And um, a lot of that comes with just eating You know, a lot of fiber, a lot of greens, a lot of things with a lot of micronutrients, which is mostly plants. Foraging is basically going out into nature and finding wild plants and using them for nutritional or medicinal purposes, right? And so figuring out what's edible in nature. And so when I say I'm foraging on the farm, Let's be clear, you can't forage the stuff we planted. That's not foraging, that's stealing crops, okay? Foraging is what actually is here naturally that we didn't plant. Yarrow, nettles, things that they consider weed, dandelions, yellow dock. That's all growing here wild, so I can forage those things right here on the farm. Now, foraging actually has some legal implications, so you got to be careful and know what your what what your legal requirements and that's why i would say forage somewhere where you know the farmer or forage in your backyard or forage what you know is legal like berries and things like that you can forage but and honestly i, I mean i know there's certain areas where people care about that more than others um as far as if someone were to like report someone for foraging i just let's not even talk about that but the point is is that foraging actually was criminalized after um emancipation funny enough so it was actually legal to forage off of anybody's yard if they had stuff growing but of course once all the slaves were free they didn't want them to get no free food right so um so foraging became illegal so it's actually revolutionary in my eyes to forage um and um you know, different states have different laws about it, but um, ultimately foraging is going into nature, finding wild plants, uh, berries, uh, uh, root plants, leaves of plants, flowers of plants, mushrooms, which aren't technically plants, they're a fungus, but they're edible. Some of them, some of them are poisonous and have other effects. Um, so, 
gotta know which mushrooms and sometimes you don't even know the right mushroom until you do a spore test okay so don't just go eat mushrooms um but ultimately you know um i like to forage even in my backyard i was blessed when i bought my house with a full medicinal herb garden in the front and then um the first year when i was there i planted a vegetable garden and kind of dealt with that and then now i'm in my second year of this garden and what I did in the early spring was let everything spring up and figure out was there and did the same thing here where I planted around certain natural herbs that grew up. Um, and then I'm still cultivating and seeing like my tomato plants from last year that, you know, when the tomatoes died, I just let, left them on the ground. Well, all of those sprung up into little tomato plants. My dream job would be to forage grow food all day, cook it up, and just teach and talk about it. And also in that teaching, like, you know, I'm learning about plants, but I'm also learning with the community I'm cooking with. I don't know everything about cooking, you know. Anyone down the street might know another technique that I can learn, you know. So that's the other piece about cooking together and building that community. I would like to just say that there's definitely the herbs right in your backyard is where you should start. And I'm calling them herbs. You might probably call them weeds. But there's things in your backyard right now that can help you in a lot of ways. And, you know, in, in the Frogtown community, I grew up you know, not far from here on the other side of 94, but my family was on in Frogtown. So I walked across the bridge pretty much every day. I grew up in Frogtown. Okay. So, um, with that, you know, and I know the community and in our community, you know, we do have a lot of health disparities and health issues and people might not know that there's, there's AIDS for them right in their backyard. So one piece that you need to know is that, and I'm, I'm going to get scientific, but not that scientific because I'm not a scientist. Uh, well, kind of, but not officially. <laughs> but um, there's something about our immune systems that is heavily supported and basically healed by what grows naturally in the environment that we live in right um and that has to do with you know things like allergies and um you know basically the plants around us have adapted to the environment and so when different germs and things come into the environment they they adapt to that and there's even plants called adaptogens because the point is, is when you take them, they help you kind of cre um, get an equilibrium to adapt, whether it's up or down from where you need to go. So understanding that like the plants in your own backyard are going to be far more healing to you than if you get a dandelion that they grew even 100 miles away or if you order herbs online or if you go to an herb store where they probably order the herbs from somewhere far away right those herbs still have healing properties for what they're meant but the the herbs that are in your backyard are going to be even more powerful because they've adapted to the environment that you live in and so they're going to have a greater impact on your immune system right and your ability your immune system is really what's protecting you from getting sick ultimately because we're all exposed to all these germs all the time. It's just a matter of whether our immune system is strong enough to fight it off. Because honestly, if you really want to know, 
there's only about 60% of us, our own bodies, that's actually human being. The rest of us is germs and microorganisms and parasites. And so I told you I was going to get science on you. But the point is, is that first you need to understand just in your backyard is where you're going to get the most bang for your for your buck, even though it's free. So however that works, um, as far as the health benefits. So then you think about, well, what's in our backyards? So now... If you're using chemicals, don't eat anything out of your backyard. Then if you don't, if you do want to stop using chemicals and eat out of your backyard, you got to wait like three years after you stop the chemicals. Okay. So then if there's no weeds growing in your backyard, there's a sure sign that there was chemicals there because weeds grow everywhere. Right. And the seeds, uh, once they go to seed and the seeds fly they're next by the next season, those those weeds are going to come up. So what we normally see in most of our backyards is going to be a dandelions. You're going to see violets a lot, which are the little purple flowers. There's also the ones called creeping Charlie that creates a purple flower. So don't get them confused. Um, and then there's what's called plantain. So those are the main ones that you're going to see in your backyard and, and clover. So the white clovers, those little white flowers that are all over the grass a lot of times and the little purple ones are the um, are the creeping Charlie. And then there's another kind of like more pink purplish one called red clover. And that grows pretty wild all over people's yards too. Some of these are invasive species. And the invasive species mean that they were through colonization and people coming and going brought over plants that took over the natural landscape and oftentimes made indigenous plants go extinct. So it's always best to actually take the invasive species and try to preserve the indigenous plants as much as possible. I know we've talked about dandelions, but I cannot stress enough the dandelion. You need to eat that whole plant, the root, the leaves, the flowers, the stems. Um, and you know, it's a bitter, it's bitter. And bitters are healing. If you know, if you look up bitters and, and that, that concept of what a bitter is, there's a healing property in it, right? And so, and they also, they're green, so they've got chlorophyll, they've got micronutrients, um, and they're a diuretic, which means they detoxify the body and also has a natural blood, uh, blood pressure uh, component where things that are diuretic naturally are supposed to lower the blood pressure. Science, okay? But... <laughs> I don't even want to explain, I know, I don't even explain all of that, but there's a lot of, you know, and even I'm, I'm entering into a herbalism course. I haven't even started it, but I got all the coursework and just reading through and it's so much medical. It's like very much medical terminology. And that's when you got to realize medicine started with herbs and plants. And what we do now in pharmacy is mimic and synthesize what naturally already occurs and so they always say oh well, there's not enough study around plants well why not but why the heck not they always say you know well we don't know enough about herbs well why don't you why aren't you studying these herbs because that's where your your medicine started from it just it baffles me but anyway I love doctors in medicine don't get me wrong but let's incorporate more natural health into it what is wrong with that I don't get it um, so, um, dandelions, you can do so much with them. I take the leaves and just wash them and put them in salads. Now, again, don't, don't pick from where 
they're spraying if you know someone's using chemicals and if you have a dog you know if you want to pick dandelions don't pick where the dog is necessarily peeing at um, however dog pee is technically fertilizer it's just too strong a fertilizer that's why the grass dies where it um, where they pee but if you notice the grass around where it dies is super plush and that's because of the nutrients but anyway try to avoid outside contaminants like dog pee and um, chemicals right <laughs> so once you've done that why you know you can dig up dig down and um, get a little you know hand shovel and you can actually dig down and get the whole root of the dandelion what I do is I like to take the whole plant I'll cut the roots off wash them really good you got to wash them pretty good because they are in the dirt um, and then I dry them and I can use those now in teas at will some people will roast them and they create like a baked um, cake kind of flavor and people use them as a coffee substitute so they t but they don't have caffeine so it tastes just like coffee it has a diuretic effect which is detoxifying but it's not giving you the caffeine and it's giving you a bunch of nutrients and healing um, it also has a bunch of iron in it. Uh, it has, like I said, the detoxifying effects. Um, so the root you can dry, use for coffee. I wouldn't really put it in my food. It's pretty bitter. The leaves are bitter, but you can use them in salads. I also will dry the leaves and use them as tea. My drying technique is simple. I do have a dehydrator, so I'll wash them really good, triple wash them. And then I'll put them in my dehydrator and dry them. But if I don't have a dehydrator and I still air dry herbs even without my dehydrator and I just lay them, you know, make sure they're really clean, lay them on a clean pan, put a towel, well, put a towel down and then lay them on the towel and then just let them dry until they're crunchy. They might take a week or two. Just set them somewhere, you know, where they're not going to get contaminated or um, anything like that. So you can dry them and make tea. Um, and then the, the petals, um, the blossoms you can do a bunch of stuff with you can put them in your salads as little flower blossoms because they're pretty and nutritious um, I fried them like battered and fried them and made little fried blossoms with them I have um, made dandelion wine you can make dandelion vinegar you can make dandelion tincture which is in an alcohol or if you don't want to do alcohol you can do like I said vinegar you can do oil make a dandelion oil infused oil and then once you infuse it, um, once you infuse the oil with the dandelion, you discard the parts and then you can then use the oil or the vinegar in the way that you would like. You can make salad dressing, um, you know, and just know what the flavor profile is. Understand the flavor profile. Um, now, the alcohol tincture is not like you're trying to take shots of dandelion shots. You're just... A tincture is like you take a few drops for the effect that you're trying to get, which may be detoxing or diuretic or whatever it is. Um, I have also made pasta where I've put the dandelions, just ground them up and then put them in the dough and then made my pasta dough. I've made pesto with them. So instead of, well, in addition to or instead of uh, basil, which is what most people use pesto, well, was the classic way to think about pesto but I make a garden pesto which is just anything that's in your garden you use as leafy green and you put in um so the components to pesto are the herbs you have oil you usually have a, um, a pine nuts but I'm not a pine nut person because they have a bitter flavor to me so I use sunflower seeds or some other nut you could use walnuts you can use whatever 
uh, nut or seed that you would like um, to give it the paste texture that you want. Uh, some garlic, some lemon juice, put it in a blender or a food processor or even a mortar and pestle and um, beat it up and make a paste because that's what is pesto paste. Um, and you can like use the dandelion leaves, you can use your wild mint, your wild, whatever wild herbs you might have out there. Um, I've put in plantain in there as well, which is another um, plant that grows in your um, backyard. It usually, we don't have a lot here, but it usually grows in the cracks or where people tread, where there's a lot of walking. Um, it's plantain, so people might think plantain banana. It's not the plantain banana, it's the plantain, it's a medicinal plant, and it's actually the psyllium husk. So if you know what psyllium husk is, it's a grain that, it's a fiber that people use to cleanse out their colon, ultimately, <laughs> but, um, or just stay regular. Um, and so, um, but the leaves, there's two kinds of plantain. Um, and it has more of a milder flavor than dandelion, so it's not gonna be as bitter. It almost has a sweeter flavor to it. It actually tastes good if you like green plants. Um, and um, But that one you can use for bug bites. Like if you're outside and you get a scrape or a bug bite, you can literally take the plantain and rub it on it. Um, a girl came to me, she had got injured, my neighbor, and she came over and she had like a little contusion and I just gave her some um, plantain and she rubbed it on it and then the next day she emailed me like what was that and I'm like just look right in the cracks in your backyard is right there um, and I've I actually have taken it and put it in a little blender with some witch hazel and made just like a topical kind of ointment because it has um, antibacterial antimicrobial um, properties uh, so these plants are just magnificent like this little plant that you're stepping on like why is this plant here is actually um, there's a herbalist, uh, naturopath healer named Queen Afua. And what she says is if a herb grows right outside your door, it's meant for you. You actually, there's a reason why it's growing outside your door and you need that. And so you just need to figure out why you need it. Right. And so, um, so the plantain is there, the dandelions are there. So I've made pasta and pesto with both those in there. Um, just putting them in salads, um, smoothies. Uh, soups um, you can blanch them and freeze them you can dry them and make tea um, all of that stuff so if you're interested in learning more about me the Healthy Roots Institute the work I do or any catering information you can contact me through my website at lachellecunningham.com that's l-a-c-h-e-l-l-e-c-u-n-n-i-n-g-h-a-m.com or you can find me on social media, Instagram, and Facebook at Lachelle Cunningham. And so um, hopefully you guys can reach out to me there through one of those channels. I've got lots of um, opportunities to get engaged with um, what we have going on at the farm, activities at the farm. Uh, I offer, like I said, cooking cl classes and workshops and retreats. More information about my culinary program if you're interested in that. And then more information about food business um, classes and trainings if you're interested in that. So check me out. And we're back. Let me tell you something. Lachelle is a powerful woman who is in her element. And let me tell you why. Because herbalism, farming, and gardening is intrinsic 
to the black woman. And if you look back in history, these were things that we did routinely. These were things we took pride in. These were things that were often removed from history and also just from daily practices from our communities. So to see such a powerful woman come and educate not only youth but other people and still practice these same traditions, Lachelle is in her element to say the least. And I hope I feel like this episode really fueled me, so I'm hoping that you guys feel the same because somebody has to do this work. These cycles cannot be removed from our beings, from our communities. These types of people in these positions that are carrying on these traditions that are intrinsic to black people are powerful in regenerating the, the nature of the black community. Do me a favor and go to Frogtown Farm. Do me a favor and check out LachelleCunningham.com. If you want to check Lachelle out and see just how powerful of a woman she is. But more than that, you know I love having you here with us every week on Saturday. You know how it goes on We Form the Future. Before you check out, check us out at WeFormTheFuture.org to catch up on any episodes you may have missed, and we'll see you next week on Saturday. Music from today's episode is from Akeba Shakedown. Production of We Form the Future episodes are by Sounds Powerful Productions. We'll be back next week with another great episode.